Hey, I'm Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Joseph. And I'm Steve. We're exploring a simple question. Why do people do what they do? Welcome to Working Title. Steve, season one is in the books. 12 episodes. Which is exactly how we planned that. We <laughs> Was we, it? Yeah. <laughs> no, not so much. I do think that that's, it is actually impressive a little bit. No, yeah, I'm proud of it. Like, honestly, you know, and I mean, of course, we're going to do season two, but 12 episodes, I mean... There's a lot of, I tell you what, I've searched a lot of podcasts that <laughs> three, yes, uh-huh. that like, oh, look at the description. Oh, this will be interesting. And then you see that, yeah, three episodes in the last one was done in 2014. So absolutely. We did it like good, bad, whatever. Season one, we did it 12 episodes. And yeah, I'm not ashamed to say I'm proud of that. Well, especially given that our tendency, uh, for the history of our friendship is to have a lot of fantastic ideas that we literally never do. Right. Yeah. So this is, this is 12 episodes of a podcast that are out there in the world and aren't going anywhere. Yeah. And when would you, when would you guess that the initial conversation between us uh, was (laughs) talking about doing a podcast? Well, uh, well, for the first idea to do a podcast in general was probably, six or seven years ago at least yeah and then we had when we talked to Tolik, he gave us the name of the podcast and that was in like early 2016 i think so it, it was named it was <laughs> three years ago <laughs> right right <laughs> there, there are people listening right now like this wasn't much guys right <laughs> it took you three years for this <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, well, and truth be told, that's probably part of the hesitation. It's like, you know, it's hard for some people to put things out there um, before you think that they are done and perfect and right and, you know, all those sorts of things. So there's always that hesitation to actually just do things and put out content. But This is what it would be like if you and I made a podcast like that, that we don't, there's no question there's no mystery anymore right this is what first the first season of a podcast that we would do is right for better or for worse yeah so and but i mean i guess i bet if you even asked the top podcasters you know the mark marins or whatever that if they go back and listen to their brutal yeah Yeah, first few episodes exactly so yeah we did it and we're gonna do a season two and we're going to keep trying to get better and have interesting people, interesting conversations and, and keep at it. What, what has been, what's been the coolest part for you thus far about the process? Um, well, not to just talk about what we just talked about, but I, you know, the first thing initially would just be the fact of doing it. Like, yeah, I mean, and I know this sounds so silly because of what it is but the fact of the matter is there was that that first day we sat down we plugged in these microphones we put on these ear or headphones and andy smith was our the first one that we recorded and we sat down i remember like feeling butterflies like oh yeah because we're doing something because here's the thing like no matter what scale you are doing it on to do something that is extremely important to you is really cool. So like if you are an enormous 
baseball fan and you're a kid or whatever, just to put on a glove and go into the backyard and a bat or whatever and play at any level, you still feel an attachment to that Absolutely. thing. That you, and that was like what it was for me. Podcasts are so important to me, like it, it, just a huge part of my life. And so when I sat down and, and started to, to record a thing that we had talked about for so long, it just, it, I, it was that feeling for me, like putting on a glove and going out to my backyard. Yeah, like literally putting on headphones and hearing your own voice just because, I mean, I would say 80, not 80, 60% of our conversation is, hey, did you hear this in this specific podcast? Like, did you, that's constantly what we're talking about. We're listening to podcasts and just even being in a room doing it felt, I don't know, special. It, yeah, it really did. I mean, it and it, it is important. I like... I'm a huge fan of the was the medium. The medium, it, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I'm by nature, you know, like not not even close to being anti technology, but that's not I'm I'm hesitant, like I don't have the newest gadgets at all or anything like that. But what I've learned even more over the last several years is the importance of capitalizing on the available platforms. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, and like a lot of the work that I do, I have time to to be listening to things as I as I go about the day, and it's you know I've learned so much, been introduced to so many interesting people and so many interesting ideas um, through that. And so, if we can contribute to that in any kind of way, then man, that's just fantastic. Yeah, it feels. I mean, there are people that I've found, you know, whether it's their work or their art or whatever that have been extremely meaningful to me but then uh i don't know it my favorite genre of uh of reading like a, the my favorite thing to read has been historically uh memoirs because it feels like beyond all the stuff that you would say theoretically about something what is it like to like live your life what is and so i i i always found that as a kid and so to be able to have podcasts it feels like way more than on social media or something like that, a real peek into someone's life. And so, especially with somebody like Pete Holmes, who has this very open interviewing style and it's very conversational and they're, you know, he, he keeps in the episodes, like when they walk in the door and they're greeting and like, it just feels like very normal life, how these people wake up and do what they do. And so, yeah, I think that I think that for us to be able to talk to the people that we've talked to and then the idea of doing this so much more and being able to peek into people's real lives and not cuz it just it's just different when you read somebody's, you know, what they think about something versus I don't know, this like the the butcher for instance. Like what what is it what's it like to wake up at 7 a.m. or whatever time you wake up and live a day in your life and how do you keep going and what drives you or what motivates you it's i don't know it just feels worth it to to keep doing that yeah um yeah i agree like that i would say what probably the most popular podcasts are either one of two things like very you know very produced um like what serial you know those types of shows any of the npr stuff yeah, yeah. which uh, they're fantastic of course yeah. yeah um but then then the other side of that is just like the li literally one, two, three hour, just conversation, conversation yeah. where, where, um, 
they're open to do just exactly what you just said, you know, express, have actual thoughts expressed in real time that aren't just simply uh, polished social media um, projections or whatever. And you, you do, you get actual insight into the way in which people interact and think and talk. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. It absolutely is. I think the, the part for me that has been the most, um, maybe the, the most meaningful part of this to me has been, you know, I, I still to this day, I have no idea how many people listen to it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not like a stats guy. So I have seen emails that have come through or whatever, but I don't, I don't know how to like corroborate any of it, but the part for me that makes it like feel worth it, I guess, is the random people that will reach out with something really specific or like somebody, uh, an older lady uh, approached me the other day at something that I was at in another city and said, I listen to every episode of your podcast. I love it so much. Yeah. And I was like, how the crap? What? Like, it made me like a little bit like, oh, crud, what have we, what have we said in this thing? Because it just feels like us in a room. Right. And the, I don't know. So that part of it for me, like, I got a text yesterday from somebody that uh, coincidentally had listened to the Butcher's episode. Uh, Brandon was his name, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, just said, like, basically, hey, I didn't think that I would like this, but holy smokes, I loved it. And now I'm questioning like why I'm doing what I'm doing with my life. Right. That that feels so cool to me. Yeah. And if that's only, I don't, I mean, if, what if that's only a hundred people? I mean, that's still, that's still pretty cool to, to produce something that is, means those types of things to a hundred people or whatever. Absolutely. I, I, uh, I know that it's more than that. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, definitely. But it's, it's, uh, you know, less than a million and, and more than 10,000. I don't know something. Let's but. just say sponsors are not calling yet. Um, Coke, if you're out there. Yeah. They've come up twice now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ser- seriously, though? Uh, no, that I that part is really cool for me is to be able to... Um, to mean anything to... I mean, that's why we're in ministry. That's why we're doing what we do vocationally it's it's to try to mean something to people and so if it can change the way somebody thinks about something or you know not to just like be doling out existential crises but to be able to like change the way somebody approaches the work that they were already doing that that feels so cool to be able to do that and so as you listen to people that do things deeply and do it well it changes the way you think about your own work. Yeah. So, uh, maybe, maybe expound a little bit, talk about like why, you know, why this angle on a podcast? Cause I mean, you know, we could have, we could have taken many different approaches. Um, and we've talked about a bunch of different ones, but like, you know, do you remember how we kind of landed on vocation and, and this as being the, the valuable thing that we wanted to, to explore? Well, it, it's intensely interesting to me. I mean, you say it in the beginning, like why, why people do what they do with their lives. I, I, I was always asking that question, you know, like what, what motivates you? Why? And not just for people that are doing interesting things, but people that are deeply unhappy. How do they keep 
showing up to do the same things over and over again? What's the, what's the intrinsic motivation or is there any? And so the idea of vocation, I think, uh, well, we also looked around for stuff to see if there were any other conversations that were specifically around that, not, you know, not a very niche thing of like filmmakers talking to filmmakers, but like overall the idea of vocation, was there a lot of stuff out there and there wasn't hardly anything that we could find. And so many conversations that I'm having pastorally with people, uh, conversations I'm having with friends of mine, uh, keep revolving around this because it is a huge chunk of your life. It's well, for sure. I mean, you know, people don't like to, to even begin to consider that they are defined by their job or, you know, anything like that. And I'm not saying that, you know, that that is the thing that defines somebody's identity, but the reality of it is what percent of your time is spent on something like that. And it's an enormous chunk of your life energy that you're giving to something and what was the, uh, you know, a couple years ago, the Gallup poll that came out, I, I like where it, it, you know, millions of people were um, polled about their vocational life. And literally, uh, I have to fact check these numbers, but I think literally 85% worldwide hate, not even just like, eh, <laughs> like hate, you know, their job. And, and this is minimum 40 hours a week. Like, why do, why are we doing what, what we do? I mean, it's, it is important. It is partially how we're defined, right? Well, and not to jump into like a, uh, sophomore year of college kind of conversation about it, but like, uh, we are being handed things and paths to take, you know, like, Mm. man, we're just, (laughs) they just got us all in a factory. We're all robots. (laughs) None of that stuff. But like, We are given like uh, a path to take and there, for whatever reason, are people that choose to not take that same path. And, and there are ways to do deep work in the world and not to say, like you said, you don't want to be, not everybody wants to be defined by their work. And there, there are a ton of different ways to approach work vocation. I mean, I know people that do it and they see it very much as a means to an end and they mm-hmm. want to get out of it as fast as they can and they want to make as much as they can as quick as they can so they can opt out and do what they want and whatever so there's there um you know there's no shortage of ways to approach this but um yeah i just think whether whether people are are consciously aware of being unhappy or wrestling with it or if they if it's just a uh, beneath the surface hum of angst about why, why do I keep pulling up Microsoft Excel and spending, you know, not that that, that would be my hell. So right. for some people that's awesome, but like, why do I keep doing this for this company? And what, what am I doing with the bulk of my adult life? And, uh, yeah. So I, those are the people that, you know, that talk to us about the podcast and man, that's so cool that this person's doing this. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. Some of the most, my, like some of my, the, my favorite people are people who are, you know, it, it seems like this genuine inspiration is being expressed through what the majority of their life is being given to. Like, you know, I, um, it, it's what I shoot for. It's what I, you know, I, uh, that looks very different to to different people, and like you said, I mean that literally might be opening Excel spreadsheets to some people, and that that's fine. But you know, if that is if that is just 
absolutely life draining to them, then I would say to someone like that, there are other options, you know, totally. I mean, because ultimately, you know, sometimes as much as we like to imagine the, you know, the amazing state of, of being that we call retirement, like of, I can't wait just to sit on a hammock on a beach all day or whatever. It's like, I think we could probably do that for about three days. And then it's like, you know, we, we, we make things, we create things. We're people who actually, um, do things in the world. So it's like, you know, well, why not at least find a a category of that, that you get some sort of enjoyment and meaning out of? Uh, I mean, a million percent. I, I, uh, we both know of a guy that had to start a company because he rose to the top, the very tip top of a giant corporation, retired and opted out, you know, had everything he could ever want from that and, and probably perpetually because he probably had so much stock in the company or whatnot and had a giant existential crisis and started a company to help other executives of companies that finally opted out and, found you know a complete vacuum of meaning Mm -hmm. and so and 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 not just at that level there's uh you know factory workers that feel that same sort of thing that void of like they have to start something else and so i do think that there is something obviously holy about work and something intrinsic in all of us or deep in all of us that wants to do meaningful work in the world and that it's not something to avoid that i mean that's a i think a huge piece of this or revelation of it from for me is that there are people that are not trying to avoid work it feels like waking up and like um i don't know it it feels deeply meaningful to do what they're doing and to avoid it it wouldn't even make sense somebody like rob bell like well you know i bet you're excited to not have to do this he that would be he could not even process that i don't think Right. And and I know you're not saying this, but of course that doesn't mean like when we think of dream job and that, that doesn't eliminate the struggle that doesn't eliminate the aspects of the job that you don't particularly care for each vocational. Well, uh, we just complained about setting up podcast equipment, (laughs) right? (laughs) Literally. Yeah. Like, Oh, I can't wait. We don't have to plug in these microphones. (laughs) And and this is a freaking dream yeah yeah right so yes and but the thing uh, you know if ultimately the thing that you're doing is is part of of the way that you want to express your life then it's like that struggle the the tough aspects it becomes part of the 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 thing that shapes your creative process um and you know it it brings it almost creates more meaning because it's the struggle through uh, certain aspects, and so when you get through that on the other side, you're you, you know there's this greater sense of of accomplishment and um, you know things like that. So yeah, I mean it's it's you know you, we don't live with this naive sense that oh if I could only find my dream job then you know everything would just be uh, Eden like for the rest of my life. So, yeah, I, I don't, another thing that I think the podcast has done for me is that. Uh, I don't know if I've ever said it on, on the podcast, but, um, you know, uh, Jim Gaffigan has that thing about people would ask him, how the heck did you, man, people from his hometown, how the heck did you move to New York? He's like, (laughs) believe it or not, there are no guardians at the gate of New York stopping anyone. Right. You just decide to do it and then you do it and you know, you make it work. 
And um, I, I guess talking to p- some of the people that we've talked to and and just being in this mindset of thinking about vocation constantly, I think has opened me in a ton of new ways to like rethink my own path or whatever. What do, what do I want to do in the world? What, who do I want to be? What's the... Um, what kind of things do I want to have put my hands to? And um, so that's it, been really cool for me. Yeah. And it, you know, it's not conceited or, you know, or selfish to think this way when, when, you know, you think literally what, what gifts do I have? I mean, what, how, what does the world uh, need me to give it? Yeah. You know, I mean, and what am I interested in? Right. And so whether, you know, I'm a teacher, I'm a, you know, musician or whatever it is it's like don't apologize for it exactly and be okay with um you know thinking that that the world is better because i'm giving it this gift back to it yeah i mean i guess it's frederick beekner's thing about like uh that true vocation is found at the intersecting point where uh i think he says where my deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet Right. And like that, the gladness part is not an inconsequential part of it. It is, uh, if you're not enjoying it, if it's not fulfilling you, uh, if you, you know, if you're not glad about it, don't do it. Yeah. And I, I mean, and, and you know, of course, sometimes there's this, you know, the sacrificial element involved. I mean, and you, you know, you just do what you have to do sometimes. And, and I understand that, you know, certain people are in certain positions that require that for, for periods of time. But then there's others though, that just kind of, um, impose this sacrificial sense to vocation. So it's like, you know, I got up every day, you know, never took a day off, went to the factory that I hated for, you know, 60 years or whatever, retired, you know, and it's like, as if that were, uh, you know, a badge of honor. And it's like, sure, if you needed to do that, that's one thing, but, but, um, maybe, maybe you could have found a little bit more joy in your life. Had you, uh, maybe explored some things that were much more interesting to you. I think you're absolutely right. Um, so I've got the, the, the list here pulled up. Um, before we, I want to just however long briefly talk about each episode, like highlights of it or things that we remembered. What, is there an episode that stands out to you? of the 12 that like is your favorite one that we've done? Uh, I have a guess for yours, well, but I mean, yeah, not to, not to discount. I mean, all of them, you know, and especially some of them that of people that I will see, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was interesting. Uh, episode 10 with Brandon Sheard, who was the, the butcher. I mean, I, I came across his work just online. Um, and to me, he's just this wonderful example of someone who has just really uh, dove in deeply into the thing that, that he loved. Like he lives on an Island off of the coast of Washington and (laughs) has a mobile butcher shop. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's the most unique thing. That's the, I guess that's the person I was thinking of with the whole Jim Gaffigan thing. Like, right. You can just go do that. Yeah, yeah. If you want to move to an island, <laughs> let, me, and- <laughs> let me rephrase that. You may be able to. I certainly <laughs> will not. Yeah, but, but yeah, he's just uh, unapologetically pursued the thing that he wanted to pursue, and 
Um, and, I, you know, if you watch his videos and stuff online, he's got this really cool just old world feel to it. And, you know, like he's building on the traditions of old European butchers and, um, you know, it's just, he's owning this, this thing in life that, that he wants to do. And, and it's in a way that, um, sees it, uh, connecting to the larger way in which, uh, he wants to live in the world, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. What about you? I mean, other than that one, you know, what? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you know, as much as I love, someone eating cheese out of the recently butchered <laughs> gut of a new cow. Uh, Surprisingly, that was not mentioned in any other episodes that I remember. Well, I'll think of it. I, it might come to me. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I uh, Sentimentally, I think uh, David's episode was obviously sure. really wonderful just in terms of being able to capture that like in real time or whatnot. Um, I don't know. I, I think James Ford episode was probably my favorite. I just really love him. It might just be because I love him so much. Yeah. Um, but that was really good. Yeah. No. And I thought he really, uh, and you know, and I know he does a lot of, um, interviews and that kind of stuff, but I, I, he just seemed to be very, um, open and comfortable and just willing to kind of, uh, he would have all the grounds in the world to be buttoned up and to be a right. public official and all that stuff. Right. Even, even though he wouldn't be like that with us off mic, but I thought he was very candid and yeah, no, nah, he, real. he's just a, he's an amazing individual for sure. All right. Well, we started, we started the season off with Brian Zahn, uh, which was one of the things that we probably, the, he was probably the guest that we were the most, not surprised that he did it, but we were just excited that he, Signed on to do it. Yeah. And, uh, well, that was cool because, like, you know, well, the word celebrity means different things in different circles. And right. so, like, if you have the, you're very small, you're a very small circle, you know, the other circles would not see them as the celebrity. But within the small circle of church and all that kind of stuff, Brian Zond is a, he's a big deal. He's a big name. So, yeah, that was exciting. Published four or five books and, right. Yeah. And you, what, you just reached out to him online. Yeah. He's, he and I have gone back and forth before privately about stuff. And so, yeah, he just, he was super open and gracious and, yeah, uh, and it was cool because he kind of along the lines of, uh, the whole memoir idea, you know, he told us at the beginning, I got a big fire stoked. I'm down in my basement. It's cold. I can't, when, when did we post it? February 21st is when we posted it. So yeah, it would have been winter in Minnesota or no, not Minnesota. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I thought that, and I thought the the conversation went really well. He's obviously a really interesting guy, and yeah, super high strung. He's just like decides to read Dostoevsky and has probably read his entire catalog multiple times. Just right. like that kind of a person, just intense. Yeah, but yet tells a very uh, good diary story. Oh, that was that that was absolutely the best answer right. for that. For the what's your favorite or hardest time you've laughed? Right. Um, Anything else about that one? Uh, I I mean, just yeah, just really, really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed getting to talk to him. And that I I don't remember that was early on. I know we posted it first, but it was not the first recorded. 
no, Andy was our first recording. Then it was Logan, I think. Uh, but yeah, he. That was that was uh that was the one we wanted to open strong. That's right. <laughs> Who knows? Like we have like we like we have a plan. Right. Just like anyway. Uh, then we moved to uh, Ricky Cotton, who I think that, uh, to my knowledge, is the first podcast he had ever recorded. Um, pretty, probably yeah. a pretty safe bet. <laughs> and so that was really special, he, just because of I mean he's like, just means the world to me. So that was that was cool to hear him talk. Yeah, uh, and I know he had uh, universal appeal, but I know that there's been several people that maybe either has had him as a professor or just simply knows him that has reached out and said how much they've, they appreciate listening. I mean, if you know him, you love him. Yes. Yeah. Both, both of his daughters reached out to him oh, really? and, and said that, uh, that they really appreciated somebody being able to like capture their, their dad, you know, because it's like every thousands and thousands and thousands out of the thousands of, uh, lectures he's given, like none of those are recorded. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I thought that was neat. They must have forgot to copy copy me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, do you get do you get emails to like a rotary phone? <laughs> uh, and then we moved to Tim Grant, who I was super glad that he did the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I I just really I just love he's he is somebody to to me that like really really represents just doing weird stuff and and taking it all the way like to the just following whatever hunch he has all the way until it's done i you know he talked about the claymation stuff that he did he, right. he's done he's doing a project right now about the riverboat guy yeah. and gets going down the mississippi he's got uh he's just he's just so intensely interesting and he really is he downplays himself a lot but like he's a he's kind of a big deal yeah, um, I, I you know him a lot uh, more than than I do, but I yeah I agree. I he's an interesting guy, and the thing with like filmmakers like him, whether it is that claymation or documentary or things like that, I, the thing that uh, impresses or amazes me about them is 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 you know so okay at the end product sixty minute ninety minute documentary, but the unbelievable amount of time that they had to put into the whole thing. And then, you know, and then there's like this tipping point of, you know, we have to finish this. Yes. And so, and I often think about like, there's got to be, whether you're making a movie or whatever, a lot of times when it's like, well, this is not that great. Yes. Like, but so how do we either make it good or just, you know, but we've got to get it done. And so, like especially him doing the documentary, the what was the name of the one with about the leg? Oh, uh, they marketed it as Leg in Grill Film, but it's not called that. It's, it's called actually something. got a title. Yeah, but I, like he doesn't know how it's going to end, so it's not like it's a script you're working from, and so uh, it's a risk that you take, of course, as you as you enter into projects like that. Finders keepers. Finders keepers. Uh, that's about you did title. not remember that you looked it up, right? Uh, yeah, I, I hit the goog. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. I, I thought that was a great one. Yeah, um, and I'm glad we captured that. And I'm really excited for his new project that he's doing on the opi opioid stuff. Yeah, to come out. I think that's gonna be cool. Very cool. Um, then we interviewed Chris Green, who is 
intensely smart. Yeah. Just like I, I was talking to him the other day and like uh, without like fanboying too much, I just told him I am, I marvel at his brain. There yeah. are a lot of people that are extremely like good researchers that, that, that know the format of academic writing and do it extremely well. And, you know, really succeed in that world because of how competent they are at those skills. He is a very, very unique, high-level conceptual thinker. Yeah. Like, the the things that he arrives at, um, he's another person that downplayed himself in the episode, but that is a, I think, has a towering intellect. Well, I, I, absolutely. And I think you could do five. He's, such, he's a guy that you could do five episodes with and get five different, very different conversations. Totally. Like, I mean, and he is. He's just a unique blend. He's a painter. He, Correct. He is like you said an amazing academic um uh his background in like the you know the his religious upbringing how would you describe it it's ultra very, pentecostal yeah, holiness yeah right and then um and then he opened up about some mental disorder or yes yeah that I mean, he has struggles with bipolar, bipolar. And, that, and and the flip side of genius and you know mental illness uh, not not even the like glorification of it. Like some people think that you have to be the tortured artist or tortured thinker, but that that really is true for him. Um, that meant a lot that he opened up about that because that's another thing where if you just interact with someone's work, you may not ever see that or, or experience that kind of side of them, the human, right. the humanity of, of, of a person like that. So, and, yeah. And didn't you, didn't people reach out, uh, specifically about that side of that conversation? Just grateful that to hear him, you know, express Absolutely. his struggle. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. A lot of people reached out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. I loved, I love that episode. And then we obviously interviewed Andy first, like we said. Yeah. That was our first go around, which, uh, that was, was fun. That was terrible. <laughs> He's all, he's awful. <laughs> he um, won't listen to this one. No, no chance. No. Um, we love Andy, man. We, we, how long have you known him? Um, probably six years or something. I guess same as me then. Yeah. yeah you didn't know him before me. No. Yeah. So, no, no, we, neither of us win. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, he's somebody else that has a very wide, interest like a scope of the things that he's interested in and you know uh just recently had i don't know how many i think like i think he wrote like 60 or 70 percent of a book about contemporary fashion for right. high fructose magazine they published a book which like every time i say that to people that know anything about art they're like holy smoke like that's insane and you know andy's from West Virginia and has a dinosaur tattooed on his forearm. Like he's not a somebody that you would think is, has a lot to say about contemporary fashion. Yeah. Uh, but he's, you're right though. He, there's so, I mean, he could talk about so many different subjects in a, in a way that greatly contributes to the conversation. He's so, he's so brilliant. And he is like the opposite of a tryhard. He doesn't, he right. won't, yeah. he won't tell you how like much of a big deal he is, I guess. Yeah, the thing that about him in that episode is like to me, he's a great example of someone who, like, if you talk about vocation, you know, in whatever, almost like, uh, you know, the Russian dolls or whatever that one inside the other. And so, like, he's in the larger one, he's in writing, 
you know, and that's, that's what he loves to do. But then within that, you know, trying to find how to nuance down into the real expression within the larger category that he's in. Totally. To, you know, and, uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a fascinating guy. I love him. And if you do listen to this, we love you just maybe 10%. <laughs> and I know you're going to ask and no, your episode was not the most popular. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only one that I've looked up stats for, and it was horrible. No, no one, no one finished it. I think Sarah, his wife, listened to half of it. She said, and so we have we have half a listen. Now I actually hope he listens to this. Um, then we moved to James Ford. Uh, you know, obviously talked about that. Just like I, I legitimately think that he could be a president in our lifetimes. He uh, yes, and whether or, he wants that or not, right, is up to him. Or at least I, state. He's, if, you, if he wants to. He will be a household name, I think, at some point yeah. in our lifetimes. Um, and I love him, and I was very appreciative that he did it. Uh, then we moved to the only episode that you did not have any part in, uh, Jonathan Martin. Which yeah, I was. That was the most popular one, actually. <laughs> Unrelated to the right to the one doing the interviewing, I, I think. <laughs> no, I don't know. I was uh, greatly, or I was sick. I don't, is that what it was? Yep. I had a, had a bunch of people reach out to me about that one and say, <laughs> say, you had, you should have said something about no Steve. I just thought like three fourths into the episode, like Steve hasn't said anything. <laughs> he has said nothing. If those two are dominating. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but that was a great conversation. And Jonathan is was obviously at a major transition point. And yeah. he now he's already moved to Oklahoma City, but and it's sort of taken some shape. And it looks like some really cool things are happening. But I like that one. Similar to David, he was kind of he knew what was next, but was very much in between. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Then we moved to Logan Log- Cyrus. Logan, yeah, another great friend, um, and just a just a real interesting guy who's doing his thing. Very like talk about well understated, yeah, like the most right by I, far. Here, I I told Logan this the other day, which I think is has to be a good comp, like a a high compliment for a photographer. Somebody posted something that I'm that's not in the Charlotte circle at all on Twitter the other day. And, uh, it was, uh, it was an article about the housing crisis. Washington posted this article about the housing crisis in Raleigh. I clicked the thing I'm scrolling through. The reason I clicked the thing is because the picture on the front of it was awesome. Like the, the actual picture they used for the article. I'm scrolling through the pictures and I went, these are, these are Logan's like, these were 100% Logan's pictures. And I scrolled down and underneath one of them says Logan tires, Logan Cyrus for the Washington post. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, his perspective is just, I I've learned it so much now that it, I can pick out one of his pictures. That's really cool. And they, and he's just, I mean, he's just fantastic. Yeah. And especially in a world, and I, I don't remember if we talked about it with him, but in a world or now where everyone's a photographer, yes, it's like it's it's hard to articulate what separates him from the one that is learned to you know use the Instagram filters and all that kind of stuff. But man, he still exists in the world that has Instagram 
And so that just speaks volumes to someone with his type of talent. Yeah, we love you, Logan. <laughs> now Andy's going to be really mad that it's we like, wait a minute. <laughs> they didn't insult him. <laughs> um. Uh, then we went to uh, Tolik's episode, which was the worst audio quality um, and also cost me $150. <laughs> that whole thing was kind of strange. You, I was sitting, I was on my phone. In a car, right? In Yeah, in a, in a parking lot. It was pouring rain on me. I couldn't hear anything very well. Not his accent isn't the same as mine. That's all I'm gonna say. So <laughs> I love Tolik so much, but you know, but it, the rain and the phone, everything it was hard to understand. No him. value judgment against it. Just, no, it is different. If you, we can point that out. If you go back and listen to that, like, because I completely missed like a couple of jokes that he made. Oh yeah, you know, and so then it's just like. Uh, moving on. And, and he has a very dry sense of humor. Right. And he's like doing that like cold, bleak Russian <laughs> Jew kind of joke. And you're like, at one point he said something like, like a, the goat powered his TV well, growing I, I up or Brady, something. <laughs> yeah. And then like, yeah. And I just moved on quickly and didn't. We're like, I, I mean, maybe it does. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but he is, I hope we get to interview him again at some yes. point in person because he is genuinely one of the funniest people that I know. And, uh, you know, just like we've said about many of these other, I mean, he's a big deal in the world that he's in. Very big. Like, and yeah. it's just very good. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I might be making this up or whatever, but like, you know, I mean, if you're a, one of the top writers for the daily show or what, or something like that here, I mean, you're, it's a great, you're talented. And, yeah. You know, and he's, he's, doing that type of level of stuff uh, Sim similar to chris green he has a very high conceptual kind of brain for comedy yeah and yeah he <laughs> when we had dinner with him one time he almost like he's he's it's almost confusing how funny he is she's like wait a second you, oh you're that funny just in real life like you're three layers yes. <laughs> yeah like yeah didn't make the obvious joke but then two more layers, he's there, and uh, yeah. And I have to mention, too, that in that episode, uh, we got our our, uh, our friend Ben wanted to point out that you did what he called <laughs> the softest Seinfeld impersonation he's ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, we were I, talking I, about Seinfeld, and you said, and then Jerry comes in with something like, what's the deal with pants? It was just awful. <laughs> I hate Ben so much because he's the guy that he doesn't like, you know, uh, can't, he doesn't make fun of you every day. He's not that guy, but he's just, it's so specific and it's so at the exact thing that you, the only thing in that episode that I would have to be, uh, self-conscious about. And he picked it out. He texts me three days later. Congrats on the softest Seinfeld <laughs> all time. Oh, uh, it was great. And uh and also I've been a victim of his on the other side. Oh of his. man. I mean, I'm the he's made memes of me holding yes. puppies. Yes, yes, yes. So. Yeah, Ben, we we do truly, truly <laughs> hate you, and I hope you hear this. Uh we then go to Brandon Sheard, who we've talked about the whole episode. Uh super fascinating. 
the entire episode also should have had like underneath all the audio should have just been me screaming at the whole time. Yeah, I wish people could. We, we should have videotaped that. Like, Ooh. or I think I put it to someone this way. I wish we could have somehow recorded your inner inner dialogue. Oh on that. God! Like every time I thought it couldn't get weirder, it did. Yeah. And then it obviously crescendoed with the him eating cheese out of the belly of a recently uh, slaughtered calf. Yeah, which is I can't stress enough how real what I just said is. Right. Yeah. That's not, like exactly that but it is interesting where cheese comes from i mean no i i don't care i that's the that's the only episode that i was like this has done the opposite effect of what probably (laughs) he wanted like i'm really considering veganism after (laughs) like uh no he he was very fascinating and uh i bet his i bet his food and meat tastes extremely good oh yeah um then we went to uh, Beth Alexandrov, who is the uh, performer for UCB. I, I, I think one of the things I liked the most about that episode is just that she is on the front end of she's not been discovered yet, quote unquote. Even though UCB is a very big deal, right? And, but that she's still in that like, you know, five or six years before you hit it big or you know get cast on your first thing or whatever. Um, cause she's only, how old was she? She's your age, right? Yeah. Early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine like in the comedy world, like a lot of those people that have come on, well, like SNL is, aren't, isn't hiring 18 year olds. I mean, outside of Pete Davidson. Right. Who's, who's probably like, like 23 or something. Yeah. But mostly it's, yeah. Well, basically I'm saying in that world, it it's not something that you really don't find your groove. It seems like until absolutely uh, later like i don't know how old people like you know amy poehler and will ferrell were when they really started to catch their groove but i know they weren't 20 by the way i heard will ferrell on a podcast this week say that uh his his uh his path on snl or whatever his his little mantra that he would tell himself is that he did you don't have to score every week he said he said you just if you've got three or four funny moments in one season like really funny you make your mark on those three or four things then you've done it yeah i thought that was kind of cool yeah he he was on i I heard that too dax shepherd dax shepherd um another podcast shout out (laughs) this episode's (laughs) sponsored by armchair expert dax shepherd um so then we moved on and the last episode obviously was david's and uh I thought that was really, I mean, he had, he had told his family or not his family, his kids that morning, you know, what was happening. They had, so about as, you know, raw of emotion as you can have, I think. And I was really glad to capture that. Yeah. It, I think it's a great, um, example of, of the value of something like this. It, it, like you said earlier, it's, it's that snapshot that, has now been captured and is out there for, for as long as, um, well, until we have our, you know, the grid goes down, but it exists. Or we get up, uploaded to the singularity (laughs) and we all become one thing. Um, I, you know, I think Pete, uh, Pete Holmes always says this, that he wants his daughter to be able to go back and listen to episodes and know exactly what, uh, her dad was like, 
And so I think, you know, even for David's kids or for Zeke or for your kids to be able to listen to that episode or listen to the other ones and just get a real picture or at least a snapshot of a picture of kind of the work that their parents did or whatnot. I thought, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, so how do you think you did as a podcaster? Yeah. I mean, without, you know, without being, <laughs> what if I just talked talk for 30 minutes about how incredible <laughs> <laughs> what what Terry Gross could learn from you? Well, I'm I'm three chapters into my book on podcasting, so it'll it'll be out. Harper Collins is going to publish it in the fall. Um, no, I I think we learned a lot. Uh, I'm making it collective. I'm not talking about myself. Uh, I think that we we really wanted to uh, to highlight the guests. For sure. Um, and not be a buddy podcast, which is what this is. <laughs> yeah, but it's just one. It's right. one out of 12. But but you're right. Just to add to that, like, you know, again, said this a lot, but we've listened, we listen to a lot of podcasts and it's like, you know, kind of, uh, it's like a master class on what we, you know, like and don't like. And when, and when it, and we did, we made a conscious effort early on to highlight the guest. Yeah. And so. I think in doing so, we may have like at times overshot a bit and like you and I didn't talk much at all. We didn't give thoughts or whatnot because we were trying to really make sure that they were the thing that was prominent. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you, you go to bed the night that you interviewed somebody and you think, God, I should have asked this. I wish that I would have asked about this thing or whatever. And so I think there were some things that I missed that I wish that we would have done, but you know, we don't, we don't, you make, you jot down some notes. I don't, I don't jot down anything. I do a lot of pre-work beforehand to make sure that I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. But like, we don't want it to be scripted. You know, we, we want it to be somewhere in between, uh, Terry Gross's pod or not Terry Gross, but um, Krista Tippett's podcast and somebody like Pete Holmes or Dak Shepard's podcast that, you know, there are times that uh, even that Will Ferrell episode where like, I think it was two hours and I was like, you idiot, you should ask, it's Will Ferrell. You should ask him this. Like right. you have Will Ferrell in the room with you. Ask him this. Right. We don't care about what you ate for lunch yeah, yesterday. Shut up, Dak Shepard. <laughs> we know what you, you keep saying it over and over again. Right. Yeah. So we wanted to avoid that. And I think we were able to do that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I think I'm at the perfect place with the podcast of being very grateful that we got to do it for the first season that we were able to interview the people that we did. Um, but I'm unbelievably excited to like for the next season for what's what we're going to be able to do. I think. Yeah. Yes. It was not a disaster. No, at all. No, heck no. No. And, and I think, um, you know, personally, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it was a pretty cool foundation. I know that I, I won't, I will get a lot better. We'll, yeah. you know, um, and, and we'll learn how to, I think, add some more feedback to the conversation that doesn't detract from the guest, you know, and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, with no sponsorship, with no nothing, we, uh, we bought a bunch of podcast gear and we started a dead gum podcast. Right. Like, heck yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what, um, 
what you know what would you look forward to you know coming up next season as we're collecting uh you know we're putting away some some interviews and collecting is there specific um vocations that that you would really really be excited to to look at i i really want to talk to some people that do weird stuff yeah i think that's a we we kind of uh, we picked people that are in our circles already, you know, pretty much. Right. Um, some of them at the fringe of our circle, but like, you know, I, I pretty much know, I, I do know all of these people except for maybe Brandon. Um, and so I, I'm excited to expand out of that and to meet some people and to kind of explore people, um, discover people as, as we're interviewing them and find out these new things and, um, yeah, I, I just think that that's a, I think that's a compelling thing to listen to is to, to be able for listeners and for me to be able to hear people that do a wide variety of things and not just write or preach or, you know, some of these heady things, but, you know, people that are artisans and people that are, um, I don't know. I talked to a guy that's a sculptor the other day and he was telling me about like, uh, all these weird things about how. I don't know. I'm, that's a huge rabbit trail, but like all these in-depth things about modern theories about sculpture. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea that that whole side of that world existed. I want to, you know, I think yeah. that kind of stuff would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, there, I'm going to reference our butcher episode for the 18th time, but <laughs> if this is a drinking game, they are hundred percent dead. <laughs> yeah. So, um, someone, someone mentioned to me who, I know doesn't, you know, that's not their world at all. And, but they said they really enjoyed it. And, um, I was like, ah, oh, it was really cool. And I said, you know, uh, I didn't expect maybe you to, but they said interesting is interesting yes. and they love interesting. And so, and I think that we were very fortunate, you know, we have 12 very interesting people totally. And I just really, yeah, I want to continue that. And I know we will, but I, in a way that, yeah, it probably does diversify a little bit. I mean, like you said, our, you know, our circle would be prone to, uh, to know like preachers, teachers, spirit, you know, right. but, but of course, you know, our circles are also a lot wider than that. I mean, you know, farming and, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. I know, I think we can tap into a lot more. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to talk to some, you know, like some really, some like eccentric chefs, you know, totally. uh, those types of things and people just who are a little bit, um, you know, making, yeah, making things in the world, uh, like, like actual hands on making things like furniture builders, not just thinkers. Right. Right. But, um, but all the above, I, interesting is interesting. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. We've, I know we've got, uh, we got a long, a pretty long list of of potentials uh, lined up, and pretty excited well, about and, that. And people that we, you know, were d- didn't know that they would say yes. It was just kind of like a lob it out there and see what happens, and they, you know, signed on. So I'm excited to get a bunch more recorded and kind of see what I don't know, see what the summer holds, and then we'll be back up in the fall with season two hopefully yeah and uh the goal would be to sprinkle in a few episodes over the summer yeah some bonus 
content <laughs> for the Patreon subscribers. We should do. Like, are, let's let's ask this question: Will we ever make one dollar from this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would it wouldn't be too much of an ask? Just would one person please send one dollar? <laughs> That's it. You know. Just- just a dollar. Yeah. Just cover. Because right now we're in the red a considerable <laughs> amount. This business is not doing well. We just want to be able to say that we are paid podcasters. So Yeah. So honestly, a dollar one like, person, gets us yep, there. One person, one dollar. We are professional podcasters. Yep. Um, all right. How long, how long has that been? Well, since I pushed record an hour and two minutes. So it's probably Ooh. less. Okay. Well. All right, folks. Yeah. Well, very cool. Um, Do we have a nickname for our for our podcast fam? Um, T- titlers doesn't roll off the tongue well. No, no. Uh, maybe that'll be the the season. Yeah, this that'll be the cliffhanger to bring <laughs> to bring them back to season two. Where, oh, oh, we're bringing you some real good nickname choices. Yeah, yeah. Along with uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. How come Letterman gets all the good guests? Hey, he's David Wait. Letterman. No, I, I didn't mean to just insult our 12 guests. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have to stop. All right. Thanks a lot. See you.